You all know I'm obsessed with that record. It's so good. Will it be my favorite record of the year? I'm thinking probably. I'm thinking probably it will be. So um, I don't know. Maybe someone's going to throw out another record. And I still have other records I haven't gotten into. I like other people's lists. I don't know. Anyway, her name is Beba Doobie. She's just turned 20 years old. The album's called Fake It Flowers. I'm obsessed. Oh, wait a second. My phone is ringing. And I'm just going to put her right on the air. Okay? We're going. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, where where is she? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, there she is. There she is. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I had the right number for a second. No, it's me at the control panel. No, I'm in. I'm on the control panel. It's awful. Like I'm the worst. But here I am, and you're on the no, air. No, you're not. I'm you way worse. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. Miss Emily's calling me this morning, and I like give people no notice, and you are always like punctual, professional. In thank you. <laughs> Life is insane. How's it going? Oh, things are great. Yeah. yeah. No. How about you? It's uh, it's just really good to hear from you. And I mean, I feel like we should just have a quarterly call-in, check-in show. Like, I think we could love just. Love that idea. That's a good idea. I love that idea. I drove to Island to do an interview last night. I was like, I could come here all the time, you know. <laughs> just hang out. I mean, it's not like I'm doing much. Oh these God. Days, you know. We'll touch so. on that. We'll touch on that. <laughs> But um, you have released a live record. And you kind of, last time I talked to you, you mentioned that this there's something in the works like this. And it's so exciting to just put on a live record and be like, oh, the noises, the noises are so great. The music, the crowd, all of those things. Um, but I just want to ask, Emily, when you, when you heard that the Isabel was being built, when you were hearing words, because I was hearing from sound people, you know, like I remember Matt Rogalski walking around and, you know, I remember hearing like Aaron Holberg talk, like talking. These are the guys, right? Like these are some of our oh, local yeah. sound people. And they're like, this is going to be good. Did you kind of get into that early and get kind of curious and wanting to see it? What, what were your thoughts when you were heard it was coming? Yes. Yes. And I can't remember if Aaron Holberg was the sound person there out of the gate. I feel like he was. And so I had talked to him about it, and, uh, you know, initially I thought I would do a show. I wanted to do a big show. This has been literally, it was years in the works before I ever did my first Isabel show, and I planned on doing it at the Grand Theater. Um, and, yeah, but here at the Isabel, you know, that 100000 and some odd dollar Steinway, and that brand new facility, but it's got that retro 70s look to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember talk about it, but... I, I didn't think it was super realistically in the cards for me, but at the same time, I was like, you got to dream big. <laughs> well, it was hard to know, like, what is the intention of this venue? Like, And, and as, as as locals, townies, shall we say, like, are we allowed to go there? Like, oh, yeah. I remember at the time, like, are we allowed in the building? Like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because when I inquired about renting it, and they actually were like, yeah, you can rent it. And I was like, I can? <laughs> You're going to let me rent it? And then I love to make the joke, like calling it the Izzy and stuff like that. Because folks who work there, you know, they, they're like, are always correcting me. Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts. Because there's another Isabel Bader uh, Center in um, Toronto. <laughs> they have to make sure you, like, specify exactly what you're talking about. So uh, I like to call it the Izzy. I don't know. I feel like... I 
I, I think that could stick. <laughs> I think that could stick. Have I lost you? She there? She might not be there anymore. But she, she will come back. <laughs> she will come back. And in the meantime, why don't we hear some of those sounds? And I'll get her back, okay? Um, we are going to play. I, I wanted to lead out with this, but that, that just allows us to play another song from Emily. So we'll get her back on the phone in a second. And uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's go with, well, just let's hear these crowd noises. Here she comes. Here she comes. Just hold back the river. We'll talk about this in a second. Rescue me, pull back the river and part the sea. <laughs> you gotta love live radio. Oh, good morning. I was gonna play it all over again, but no, we'll, we'll just uh, <laughs> we'll just talk. I got Emily back on the phone, and two year anniversary for that music video. Yeah, yeah, just this past weekend. And all the feels when you watch that like when i know when i watch that like i mean maybe there are some people who haven't seen the video for hold back the river but um tell me a bit about it like maybe you could take people back to that shoot and the whole process because it looked like it was a process oh it was a process um yeah so jamie madoff who's a great filmmaker in town he and i have teamed up for a number of projects and when i came to him with that song i said i want to make a video what are your instincts? He's like, I wonder if we could get into the Kingston pen. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm assuming we can't. And I was like, of course we can. <laughs> <It's Kingston. laughs> of course we can find a way in there. Like, this is totally doable. Um, and then one night, a couple cocktails in, I'm sitting on the couch, and it occurred to me that taking that idea of being in the prison, and uh, it was going to be kind of a, a, like a quirky little video. We were going to make like almost like, not funny, but like, I don't know, just nothing too serious. And then, um, yeah, and then I had this idea of surrounding around the Me Too movement. And from there, we ended up with what we have now and putting in a Facebook call and getting 100 women who uh, were essentially sworn to secrecy until the video was launched and it worked. Like in this town? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Well, and it was amazing. It like, was. People it traveled from Westport and Ottawa and the county, and it was really cool. And it was like healing day for a lot of women. It was this like celebration of uh, togetherness as females, but then also uh, a sisterhood of a lot of a lot of women who had been through a lot of trauma, and that was felt, they felt like that was part of their journey of healing. It was like this amazing day. I mean, the energy we filled that building with, it was like incredible. <laughs> I just I just love the comments too. Like when you, you recently posted it to say this is the anniversary of the shoot and it brings back so many memories. And then like the comments of all the women that participated, like it was a huge day for everyone. So yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And of course I had no idea. I, I just, I called my tour manager and we had a chat and we just kind of, we just kind of did it that day. I was like, I need you to be production manager. Just, like, Google search what that means. And then, like, go from there. And and my manager wasn't around that day, but his wife, Jeanette, was. And then, of course, Jude, my right-hand girl, you know, who sells merch, but then all their do- does every other job in my life if we need, you know. We like, love you, Jude. We love you, Jude. We love to see it. Yeah, she and I have got a good little team going. So 
it was just these women running the show. The only two men really on set were the were the two filmmakers. Oh, and Josh Lyon, who I'm sure you know, is like gentle, sweet soul. Oh, and it takes two very special guys to be in that type of intense <laughs> group. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well laughter and tears and emotion. Now if you're just <laughs> if you're just tuning in this morning and we've had like a couple like um, I, pl- I played the song a little bit longer than I should have. We lost Emily. She's back. But you are listening to Miss Emily on CFRC live. Clearly, it's live radio. Okay? That's how we do here. That's how I do anyway. And yeah. we're, we're talking about the live album at the Isabel. Who took that photo? My manager, Bird Hunter, took all the photos that are in that um, CD packaging. It's beautiful. It's Thank you. it's just it's it's the great capture. I think it's well, really, it nailed it. It's that photo and that Ted Shepard, who's my graphic designer, did like a, a painted version of it, and that's what you see there. But it's 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 cool if you show, if you put it next next to the uh, original photo, it's like spot on. Amazing, Crazy. amazing. Yeah. Now. I mean, there's been a, I've seen you in a couple interviews about this live record. There's been like, what live records have you enjoyed? And, you know, we all have those re- live records. And I find there are a lot from the 70s um, that we all reference because it seems like they were just constantly released and, and they would chart, which is amazing. But yeah. what, what kind of advice were you given? Maybe you didn't take the advice, but what kind of advice were you given knowing, I assume, that this was going to be a live release? Like, what did you think about your stage banter? Or, I mean, what are what are some things you might have just tweaked a little bit knowing that you were going to probably put out a live record? Well, it's, it's funny because we, we recorded um, video footage from the uh, album release party three years ago, and I did two nights back-to-back um, with Gord Sinclair and Rob Baker. Uh, and there was talk about, but nothing ever happened. And as I, you know, as things kind of progressed in the past couple of years, I realized I needed another studio album. And I just didn't really think too much about the live album. It's, it's when push came to shove and I didn't have a studio album to release this year because of COVID. And I just decided to get, you know, talking to Aaron Holmberg, who uh, recorded a lot of these uh, live off the floor shows. And I just listened to everything and sifted through it and, Send out a bunch of stuff, a shorter list to a bunch of people I trust their judgment, and then from there I whittle down a little bit to 15. But know that the banter and all that, it's all just authentic live interaction with an audience. You know, nothing on there was recorded expecting it to be on a live album. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it uh, just happened to work out. And we're great live. Like, we really yeah. are. I know that. Yeah, you know, for sure. I've released very few albums. Um, but I, because they cost so much money, but I've played thousands and thousands of shows, you know, and, um, it sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not over 20 plus years. And like there were years there, I used to play 250 shows a year. So it's not an exaggeration at all. It's just a lot of time in front of an audience or lack thereof some shows (laughs) (laughs) and just doing it, you know? I've been up there. I've been up on that stage yapping about something. I don't. I don't even remember. But I can't remember how well you can see the crowd. Can you? Can you see them well? Do you remember that at all? Like, or it depends. Like where you are. I move around that stage. I'm like a lighting person's nightmare because, <laughs> I, and sound. Like now they just put one monitor in the middle, and they're like, yeah, yeah, she's gonna do whatever anyways because <laughs> I'm climbing all over that stage. Have I love you, to go right to the edges. And, have you and ever had, cool. have you ever had the mishap? Like, have you ever had a big stage mishap? Like, I've oh, never... Oh, God. A thousand. Oh, my God. Oh, many. Okay. 
in this case, the thousand is an exa- exaggeration. I don't, yeah, like, I don't recall so seeing any hours. embarrassing video or anything. Like, I'm kind well, of. Well, it might have been February show, the past February show, or maybe the year before, where I was just like, I wasn't feeling completely on. But I went, it was like everything that could go wrong, if you're me, went wrong. So, And I was walking across the stage and slow motion, my guitar, I tripped on my guitar cord and the guitar went smashing to the ground. Oh. And it's my old bar guitar. Like, that thing has been through the ringer. And Van, you know, who's been in my band for 16 years and, like, babysits me when it's needed, was, like, ran to the rescue and fixed it up. And I was just, like, laughing. The audience? Not so much laughing, like uh, horror. <laughs> Did you hear the weird noise, like the weird, like oh noise? You know, sometimes like a big oh, wave. <laughs> for sure. Oh, no. Maybe it did. Maybe it came out with the laughter, though. Like I was just like, of course, this is one of those days. It's all about the recovery. <laughs> it's all about the recovery, right? You have to laugh through everything. I mean, I'm a cut and I'm awkward, and I find the things that happen to me sometimes. I'm like. Um, am I being punked right now? Like, this happens to me, kind of stuff. And so you have to laugh through all of it. You know, even this pandemic, no laughing matter. But I'll tell you right now, if you're me in my career 20-plus years in, and all of a sudden you win a bunch of awards in February, and then a worldwide oh. pandemic shuts down your entire industry in March, oh I mean, you have to laugh. Well, for the for the people out there listening, I, like I think we've just advertised that you're a klutz. Like, don't no, no, no. Like, there are so many. No, like, there's a lot of really good footage of you at the Isabel with many of your shows. Like, I was watching. Like, you, I love the covers so much, and I know like that's a whole rabbit hole in itself. But um, I was watching the Gary Wright one. Um, my oh, love my is love alive. alive. Yes. Yeah, and I mean the covers. I just I could just go forever and watch those because it's just interpretation I love I love seeing how you interpret them um do you have like I don't know can they plan at the Isabel for another live show because I can only assume a live record like this means that there's pent-up energy for you to do another show at the Isabel but how can that happen what do you think so I actually just did a show on Friday night the but yes the fall the fall series but not I we and we advertised it and stuff um, it wasn't a stretch to sell the entire 50 tickets. 50 tickets, yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been doing these series, which are great, and people can watch them online. But you know what I mean. Like, you know what well, I mean. Well, and, and honestly, like, uh, we did not have 50 people there. I mean, people bail last minute and stuff, and it is a risk. And, yeah. like, I have a wonderful fan base that travels, um, and some of them were not unable to travel. Some were able to get sell their tickets, but, like, you know, we probably played to 35 people in that room. Lucky people. Night. Lucky, right? Well, I said to them, I was like, listen, I know this is awkward for you and weird for you because you're in this big, empty theater, and perhaps the last time you were here, you got to sit with, you know, 500 other people. Um, but this is not my first time playing in front of an empty room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's the same show. It's the same show. It's It's a little harder. You don't get that cyclical energy from the audience as easily. But, um, yeah, I mean, hey, as long as you can put the people who can attend at ease, I mean, that's your job as a performer. You don't want people to feel awkward. When awkward things happen, you have to be able to handle it with a little bit of grace and humor. Otherwise, you're going to make people feel awkward. And people don't want to watch somebody 
when if that doesn't make me feel comfortable, no. you know. So no. I have to embrace my awkward. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a hey, theme. Speaking of that, that front cover, that is an outfit from Agent Ninety Nine that I'm wearing. Oh here. my God! Always with the local stuff. You're so hey, good. You're so girl, good. Girl, you know. You are great. Dressing me for a long time. <laughs> I know. Oh my God! How long ago was the Bob Cajun show? Just take me back for one second. Oh, it'll be 10 years next June. Oh, my God. Um, that feels like an anniversary to celebrate in some way. I don't know. I know. Oh, my God. Okay, so yeah. that, that does tie in how I want to take us out. So um, I does, I, we were talking about covers. I just referenced the hip. I think I want to play Long Time Running Off the Record. Tell Love me, it. Tell me about the hip. Like, just give me, give me something. We talk about them often, but... I mean, they're with you, right? <laughs> like, they're they're with you, and and I mean, literally in a lot of ways, they're with you, performing with you, and and just just give me a bit before we go into this song. Yeah, well, Kingston, you know, Kingston is, has this beautiful music community. It really doesn't matter what level you're at. We're all unified, you know. Like, it it's a wonderfully unified group of people who make music in this town. Be them multi platinum artists like the Hip. Um, or, you know, people like me, or people who are just starting out, you know, playing small patio gigs or whatever. So, you know, I'm just lucky because I got, I, I had an opportunity to meet a couple of members that they have, the Kingston Contingency, we call them, um, uh, years ago, you know, just by playing my circuit in Kingston, and they were just nice musicians, like every other nice musician I met, except, of course, they had uh, more pull with stuff. And that just allowed me an opportunity to work with um, artists who have done more than I have, obviously, and had more success and who are better than I am. And so, you know, I just, I cherish every moment I ever get to spend with Robert Gord because I get this opportunity to educate myself more. You know, it's always learning. They always say something that is like, oh, that. And then I try to stick it in my brain and remember it because... They're geniuses. Like, they really are. I mean, think about that opening part um, to A Head by Century. Yeah. You know, that guitar part. Like, wow. Who I, thinks of that? I've been watching Anne, <laughs> Anne with an E again. And, yeah, like, it opens the show. And, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty beautiful. And, and just far-reaching in terms of who's moved by it you know it, it's oh, but sure. you know what i gotta say like watching these guys and and seeing them um with you i think i think they're learning from you too i really do i think they <laughs> no like don't laugh. i'll be sure to tell them do not laugh that. do not <laughs> laugh no i i feel like they they might like obviously they're getting something out of this and i feel like they they get a lot of your energy and uh enthusiasm and and, and youth so yeah it's i think it's great i think it's great it's a good combination they're so, wonderful friends and we've developed wonderful friendships over the years from this and like I would Kingston would not be the same for me without them and their guidance and the friendship and their kindness all right well let's play off live at the Isabel I love it long time running thanks for calling me this is a goofy one but it was a good one thanks for calling into the indie wake up call thanks Emily. so much <laughs> and shout out to my friend Zach Colbert who's playing bass on this song okay my hero here it comes Thank Thanks. you, Emily. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Too.